Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Ruth. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to talk about leadership. But first, how is your week going, Ruth? My week is definitely a little challenging this week, which I don't know I don't know when I'm when it's gonna turn into what an easy week I've had. But <laughs> um it's definitely I think the kids are fed up. You know, I think at first there was a lot of novelty in like, oh, you're our home teacher and now they're kind of rebelling a mm-hmm. little bit more. So sure. that's definitely interesting but um they're they're fine i think it's just you know you know the pandemic being stuck at home all of those things so i think and i definitely am feeling a little overwhelmed about the being online stuff yeah for sure Yeah. yeah yeah totally i think i had some idea that once we got going then it would be smooth sailing and that is apparently not true and yeah I know. I I keep having thoughts of like, well, but just as soon as I get it a little bit more set, then time will clear up and I can do all these other things. But nope. (laughs) It's 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 all new things that we're adjusting to. You know, it just I didn't anticipate a lot of the things that we need to adjust to with online learning. No. And we had like this isn't a funny thing, but we definitely had like just things happen on zoom uh-huh. but we even had the other day one of the students was eating some spicy popcorn and kind of started to like i think it went down the wrong tube and i was like oh wow like what would i do if somebody like had a medical situation on zoom right how would i like but we kind of all had a bit of a joke about it but i was like <laughs> oh geez like is this how responsible am i for this person's safety when right eating popcorn in their own home because so, we don't yeah. even know where they are i can't call somebody no, interesting yeah, i wonder like, if we should have emergency contact information or something i know we could be like i don't know i could see a white door she's sitting you know so yeah i don't know what that would do anyway oh man yes. um so do you have a quote for us today i do and so this is like confessing my latest obsession is with i feel like i'm late to this Excellent. party and everyone else has been at this party for years but Brene Brown, and I have heard, have you heard of her? No. Okay, so I'm yeah, even later. She's... Okay, <laughs> that's, that's okay. I, I, I'm like, oh, no, I'm the cool kid on the inside, <laughs> even though I literally just got to the party. But she is super cool. And I read one of her books called I Thought It Was Just Me, but okay. it isn't. And it's all about shame. And so like, I'm like, shame this and shame that. And then I'm reading another one now called Daring Greatly, which is all about vulnerability. Uh-huh. And she's really hilarious. And she's also a professor at the University of Houston. And she, so last night I was reading the book and I was trying to think about where I'm going to get my quote from. And then this quote popped up. So it was, I've come to believe that a leader is anyone who holds her or himself accountable for finding potential in people and processes. And so even when we had sort of suggested this episode, I was like, well, I'll defer to you, Claire, because I don't I don't do any leadership. And then I kind of hadn't really thought of like 
standing in front of the classroom as being totally leadership and this sort of really brought that through to me like the idea of finding potential in people and i love that's it kind of our gig isn't it so, that is our gig yeah. mm-hmm. wow so that's she's yeah she's super cool and she has a ted talk that's really cool and some short videos and i just found out she has a podcast so Ooh. that's super exciting i'm going to get involved with that so what it, what is on, this latest book about this so she has a lot of books there's actually one that she just I think her latest book is called Dare to Lead. Okay. Which I haven't, that's not the one I'm reading at the moment. I'm reading Daring Greatly. Mm -hmm. And it's all about vulnerability and kind of how like critics are often people who stand on the sidelines, but like the person, if you're trying, you're doing it. Cool. You know, and being vulnerable to trying new things. That sounds awesome. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's so good. We could even do a whole episode about it. Brene Brown fangirls. Yeah, okay. <laughs> could be our episode. Put it on the, um... the, the option list. Okay, awesome. So can I just share something? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just like, I'm just taking over <laughs> with my own agenda. But part of, you know, this episode, like just the whole concept of leadership, I got to see you do some pretty awesome leadership Ooh. last year. And it was kind of super inspiring for me because we're both, junior faculty when i don't know how long we're junior faculty for i guess until we get tenure well right? we're fourth year faculty members that's where we're at yes. right now and especially i guess maybe you're not but i'm i'm the youngest in my department in terms of not age but in terms of when we got there right yeah and so i was i was definitely really inspired by how you so we have this sort of cohort called stars to rocks that's for um, physics, chemistry, and geology incoming freshmen and sort of to create community and sort of we have this class and you took the lead on that and I was super inspired by how you handled that Thank and you. all the stuff you did. So yeah, I kind of, it sort of brought to me a different concept of leadership. Like, because sometimes leadership just feels like whoever's been there the longest <laughs> is in charge, do you know what I mean? And that definitely turned that on its head. So I'm super interested to hear what you have to say about this. Oh, cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'll start. It's a with... lot of pressure. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. Just if you, in case you were feeling comfortable. <laughs> well, it's good because no. what I was going to talk about what's going well is um, I'm kind of thinking about leadership in the context of faculty groups like this Stars to Rocks group. Um, mm -hmm. And also leading a research group has um, mm -hmm. brought a lot of leadership ideas to me recently. So, yeah, in the context of this faculty um group that was doing stars to rocks just for some context it was um across a few departments chemistry geology and physics we were um co-teaching a class for incoming freshmen and we were also planning a summer immersion activity for incoming freshmen and um and so for one semester in a summer i had the the leadership hat for that group and so um yeah it was a lot of you know organizing faculty and sending emails and stuff like that. So um, I guess my main, I have like a couple different thoughts, but they're all under the umbrella of, um, I think it, it's, it seems like it goes well to me when I make decisions, trying to keep the mindset of how can I facilitate getting this person or these people to do whatever it is they need to do? How can I facilitate that? And so Dude, um, that's like right in there with you know, kind of being accountable for finding the potential in people, huh? 
Sorry, I'm just like back to yeah, the program, it's the but same like time. it's really no, cool. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. Some of the things that, you know, I tried and that I, so it, whenever I sent an email that was too long, it seemed like no one would reply. And so I took from that, okay, that wasn't the right email. So short emails, um, and also trying to be really clear about what response I'm looking for. So am I inviting ideas and discussion or am I conveying information or am I asking for action and just trying to be really clear about that? I think in this experience that I had with this leadership position, if I was extra clear about that, it was more likely that people would respond doing the thing I wanted them to do, of course, because they would easily see what the goal was. So um, those were some of the that's why you're tips. so great. <laughs> That's why it's really because, like, I literally would just be like, "These people never." Have <laughs> and, like, I like that you're like, "Hmm, I'm gonna like see why they didn't or like think about it." I'm just like wallowing, <laughs> not doing anything. But well, yeah. and having been on the receiving end of those emails, they were like, it was like, "Oh, I can reply to this quickly." I know exactly what it's saying. Good. And so Good. that's super helpful. Yeah. Well, the the technique was kind of formed out of, I need these guys to do things. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, I'm sorry. I'm like the resistance. <laughs> no, it was very illuminating. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't think these are. You know, I, I'm sure uh, lots of people say these things, so it's a a common technique. But that I found um, effective. Yeah, but not to me. But yes, <laughs> I didn't know about it until you did it. But go ahead. Um, I guess the only other thing I was thinking was, um, oh, yeah, this was a, a thing that I learned from my research students. Um, so kind of in the umbrella of noticing when something's not working and changing it. So an example with that is if someone keeps saying they're going to do something and isn't doing it, what mm. is happening? You know, Why? And um, in the case of my research students, it seems like it's often that they actually don't know how to start. Like, it yeah. seems like they do and we have the conversation, but there's some piece that they don't know how to do that um, if I figure out that piece, suddenly it's fine. Like one student I remember, I, you know, after this had happened a while where it seemed like he was all gung-ho and was going to do it, but it just kept not happening. We went to the lab and, like, got out all the glassware and was like, this is exactly where everything is. And I think that might have been the hang-up was, you know, he had a key to the room. He'd been there before. I assumed he could go and get all the glassware and do it, but he wasn't, I don't know if he wasn't, uh, it felt like an imposition for him to go take the glassware. He wasn't sure what he could touch. I'm not sure where the hang-up was, but as soon as we got the glassware out, suddenly he was good to go. So that was kind of a light bulb moment for me of, okay, he didn't actually know how to start is, is what I took away from that. Or like... And how to start yeah. is always the hardest. It is. It's really hard. So. And I went to a talk in grad school that was really transformative for me, but it was about procrastination. Mm. And it was like, if you're procrastinating, it's usually that you need more information. Uh-huh. Like there's something else you need. And it's not just like just calling yourself a lazy jerk isn't that doesn't help like, yeah. you know, no. And so but it's usually like like that, like you said, like just need more information. Totally. Or and you know whatever, getting over the activation barrier of going in there. Totally. Because it's so often the case that as soon as you start, you're like, Oh, I'm cruising and you can keep going. It's this mm -hmm. you're right, it is the starting. 
I kind of think another reason for people not doing things is if they don't actually see the value in it. They don't actually want to oh, do it. Oh, yeah. And maybe they want to want to do it. You know, they would like to do this task, but it doesn't seem valuable, so it doesn't get to the top of the priority list, you know? And so in that case, I don't know, maybe a different person or or um, maybe maybe consider whether it is worthwhile and also make sure that they're clear on why we're doing it. I don't know. Those are some other thoughts. Yeah. I think, like, part of why, I don't know why, like, I'm so obsessed with you being the leader, but it was really, it was a big experience for me to see someone doing it because sometimes too, like, I've sort of confused leadership with people just being kind of, like, bullying. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh And so, or just being the loudest voice in the room or kind of, and I... Like you had this approach in meetings where everybody got to have their voice heard, but somehow you kept things moving along mm. and were like able to bring people back. I, I don't know. It was really it was really like a craft that you had because it was like I could see it going the other way where you're like, OK, like too many cooks. Like, let's just all sit around and chat for like 10 years mm. about this, but not actually sure. making progress. And I really appreciated that, that like everybody got heard. But then it would be like, OK, but we do need to make a decision on this and this, you know, it was really cool and it made me think about leadership as being something else other than just being like you know the angriest or the loudest in the room and so that was really cool I like that yeah because that is kind of a traditional view yeah 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 so what about you what's working well for leadership for you so I think um a big thing that I've been trying to really do especially like with the research group stuff Mm -hmm. and even with the classroom is sort of honoring the commitment okay and so especially with research and like last semester I was really slammed with a lot of classes Mm -hmm. and I felt like if I could like sneak out of that research meeting early or wrap it up a little early like I would kind of do that you know what I mean or if something else like more important came up I'm doing air quotes but you know yeah that would kind of I would boot that and I think that really translates to the people that you're working with Uh if you're not honoring the time you set aside so I was trying to really I got to do something in the Escala thing where I was like a coach Uh and that was really cool you were such a good coach oh dude well (laughs) thanks dude but um I was trying to like even though I was super busy I was trying to be like no we're having an error for this meeting and that's how long it's going to be and I'm going to stretch into that space Mm -hmm. and not kind of try and wrap things up quickly because I've been on the receiving end of those meetings and it doesn't feel good when it's happening to you and you know someone's like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, are we done? Are we done? Right. Can we go? And, sure. You know, that kind of thing. So I think, especially with my research students now, I'm trying to really honor, we're doing this for an hour, I'm going to definitely be here on time and we're definitely doing the stuff. I like you know that. I, mean? I think that's and great. So, You're demonstrating your commitment to whatever it is you're working on and as the leader your commitment is important if you're going to try to get other people to commit and buy in as well so that makes a lot of sense yeah and part of my frustration with research group last semester was kind of like they're not really taking this seriously Mm -hmm. and then honestly if I examined my own motivations I was maybe not taking it seriously you know what I mean and I definitely if other things came up I would sort of that would want to be one of the first things on the list Mm -hmm. to get like oh we'll have to reschedule and yeah and then the other thing that hasn't like I haven't been in too many leadership situations outside of the classroom and the research group Mm -hmm. but one thing that's really stuck in my head that someone else told me about and 
I hope I will do at the time is like actually kind of honoring being in charge. Okay. And I talked to someone who is pretty much the wisest person I know and I love her and I hope we will interview her in the show. But she talked about starting a job. Okay. And kind of feeling being promoted and maybe being uncomfortable with being the person in charge. Uh Uh-huh. And kind of sort of with the people who were working for her being like, oh, well, we're all in this together. And like, it's just all of us. And eventually one of them was like, I need you to be the leader. Like you have to make, you have to be the person in charge. And I think it's something, especially like for faculty and sometimes we're on committees and sometimes you're not the leader and sometimes you are the leader. It's really easy to sort of feel really uncomfortable with being in charge of your peers. Yes, that's true. And so... I can imagine that being really uncomfortable. But at the same time, if you are put in that role, it is actually important to be the one who's like, okay, but I'm like you did, like bring us all back together. We have to make sure that we actually do the thing we're trying to do. And yeah, so it's not, I'm putting that as working well, as in it's something I will happily aspire to, but I haven't ever really done it. But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do know what you mean. To, To really fulfill the role step into the shoes of the role of the leader and actually lead because it is yeah i mean even i remember a time when i had just met this student and it turned out she was taking my class the next semester and we weren't quite sure if she was in the section i was teaching or a different section and i wanted to say oh maybe you'll be in my class but i felt I was uncomfortable taking that leadership role of saying my class. And so I ended up saying maybe we'll be the same class or something weird like that when really, I mean, I'm not in the class. You know, the proper phrasing was maybe you'll be in my class, but I was, it was hard to take that leadership role. So I don't know. I see what you mean, but it is important to, to fill those, to fill the role and really own it. And I can see it with kids too. Like, and it's all, it's a bit clearer for my kids because they're quite little. But you have to be the adult. Like you can't sure. pretend like oh we're friends and because t- you're not. Like you're the grown up and so you know. I see. Yeah. That's how it has to be. And like, it's confusing for kids uh-huh. if you're not clearly being the adult. Sure. So, and it feels like it's the same thing for everything. Like if someone is like, oh you're the leader but you're not the leader mm-hmm. and can you just step into that role? Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Definitely. And so, yeah. I think that's super important. So what are you working on? So the thing that really came to mind with me about what I'm working on with leadership is kind of, um, I'm mostly thinking about my research students right now, and it's fostering independence. And I, sometimes it happens great, and sometimes it doesn't happen, but I feel like I'm not really controlling that at all. They are right now, and I need to get better at controlling that. Um, So yeah, my normal system is, you know, we meet and we have stuff we're working on, but it's it's kind of more like they do something and then they say, what's next? And that's fine and that should be how it starts out, but I, I, I'm, I'm still working on transitioning them to, okay, now you have this big ongoing thing and you just check in with me periodically. We'll talk about it, but it's your thing and you're carrying it on to the next step. And, um, and you know, certainly that's not a universal problem because a lot of my students have really jumped up and done awesome and become independent but I I don't think I've really fostered that I think they've just been really awesome at it so yeah how to get them to how to be a leader such that they can make some decisions themselves in their own process is something I'm kind of working on 
Yeah. I mean, but okay, first of all, I sort of like counter whether you like completely had nothing to do with the other ones. Well, maybe. You know? Yeah. It's hard to know, but it's definitely not. There's definitely times where I would like to set more students up to be independent. And it seems like it hasn't worked out. That's super interesting because like some of it is just where the students are at. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I wonder how to scaffold that. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking for, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I'm thinking of your awesome lab idea you had. Do you remember where you were like, they, to read, they, to prepare for the lab, they have to come up with three mistakes oh, yeah. that might mm-hmm. happen. And is there something that you could maybe do as an expectation for the group meetings? Interesting. Like when you come to group meeting, you know, propose the next, yes. you know, two possible steps or, or something like, could that be scaffolded more yes. so that... But I don't know. That's a great idea. Even just telling them, work on this and then think about what to do next might start scaffolding it. And like you're saying, Mm -hmm. actually actively ask them what they think the next step should be. That's a great idea. I I don't do that. I certainly don't do it either. (laughs) I'm like, should I do that? Interesting. Yeah. The times that students have really um, gone off independently at least, you know, some of them have been when the students have come up with something that they're super excited about and they want to work Mm -hmm. on it. And then I say, sure, I'll help. Um, So that makes sense. So that seems to suggest that I need to get, I'm not sure whether it's an ownership thing. Like if I'm owning the project and I'm just giving them bits to work on, then, then they don't own the project. And so why would they think about the next thing? Um, Or is it something more like, are they super excited about the project? I, I, I'm sure excitement is part of it, but a lot of students are really excited and still aren't owning it. But I think maybe I'm not giving them ownership. I'm holding ownership um, and I need to, yeah, allow them to propose next steps or something like that. Well, I, you know, and I do. And I think it's really important and independence is really important. But then just sort of knowing some of our student population that we have, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of them are like seriously in the negative column for confidence do you know what I mean and some of that only comes with that experience of like you know so I think it's sort of like I don't know I'm just thinking for each student it depends like you're doing this delta time Mm -hmm. or like delta position like where it's not necessarily the final point but where they started to where they end up so it may be for some of them, you're actually bringing them this huge distance. That's a good but point. But it's just that, you know, they started out so tentative. Right. You know, because I've actually had a couple of your students who are in your research group. Mm-hmm. And they really talk about being in your research group and the cool stuff they're doing with so much pride. Well, that's great. And it definitely seems to give them a lot of confidence. Oh, good. You know, but yeah, so I don't know. I definitely I hear what you're saying. And I think it's super cool to aspire to doing that. But I do think... You're already doing a lot for a lot of them. Good. And that's a good point that they're all at different stages of working towards that. And so any progress we can make is good. Yeah, because I've definitely had students come along who, from the outset, they see themselves as a scientist. And they've always been that kid Mm -hmm. who's like, oh, but what if we do this? And, you know, that and sometimes it's almost like, okay, you could actually push, take that down. (laughs) But, you know, like there's a little bit of that. But. You know what I mean? And so for some of the kids that 
start doing research with you they don't even think of themselves as a scientist sure. yet yeah that's so true the whole yeah but i think you're yeah i think you're doing a great job but then yeah maybe if you did say come with an idea yeah of what we could do next or i think i think that's great like it didn't i i usually try to be so explicit about why i'm trying to do things and it i think this is another example where it, being explicit about that ownership and or next steps it's a great idea but then again i think though like it sounds like you do tailor things to individuals because if you did that too soon that would just terrify someone and then they would leave and never come back (laughs) that's a good point (laughs) yeah yeah it's yeah yeah who knew there was so much psychology so much that's a joke because there's so much but it's just we never (laughs) talk about it and acknowledge it but yeah what about you what are you working on with leadership i think something i'm really working on is being okay with people being uncomfortable and i'm deeply uncomfortable with people being uncomfortable me too and (laughs) yeah and so i'm really bad at holding people accountable for things you know and especially within the structure of a classroom it's a little easier because you can sort of pretend that it's just this like the laws of physics there is a quiz and it's it was on friday and that's it and it's out of my hands and but when it's more nebulous like oh, you said you were going to do that thing and you didn't do the thing right. that you said, you know, then it's like more, I have a really hard time holding people accountable. Sure. And sometimes I even make excuses for them. They don't even have to make excuses because <laughs> I'm like, oh, but you're probably just busy with this and this. And, That's you know, funny. just kind of maybe yeah. letting it sit for a moment and being like, oh, you, you told me you were going to do that and you didn't do it. And that was important that, that you said hard. that. And yeah, so I'm really bad at kind of, accountability yeah and I think it's something that if I could do it and I could do it well would really benefit the students to be like yeah or even be like I'm kind of frustrated right now it's not going to be the end of the world but you didn't do the thing I asked you to do or you know what I mean and yeah being comfortable with because like the best thing that can happen to you is to learn that you can make mistakes and it won't be the end of the world but you did maybe it like cause someone some problems by not doing what you said you were going to do. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I do. that's an important lesson, but I'm not, I'm never the one who's teaching them that because right. I'm just deeply uncomfortable with people being unhappy or, you know, like I rush in to rescue them from feeling yeah. embarrassed. I, I, this yeah. is something I'm working on too. And I do see other faculty who are very good at saying, you said you were going to do this or you needed to do it and you didn't do it. And like, this is where you went wrong and that's why this is happening. And yeah, I have trouble with that too. Or people coming in late, I have trouble telling them that they need to be here on time. Um, Yeah. And I liked what you were saying about um, you just kind of had a tone of voice of like, well, I'm frustrated about this because X, Y, Z um, oh yeah, but I don't. I mean, I don't do that. That's what I say in my sure, head. Sure, but I, I, I think that, do, but anyway, yeah. that, that might be a way for us non-confrontational people to do that. Is have some kind of go-to phrase that we can say like that in a Dude, nice calm scripts. way. Yeah, scripts are amazing. Scripts. Yeah, because I just can't. Like when I get kind of flooded with emotion, yeah. like I can't think on the fly. Totally. Yeah, I know. Whenever and I go back to yeah. Sorry, you go. Yeah, sometimes, you know, a student will not know something that I said in class and I know they weren't in class. And then I I managed to say, oh, that was we went over that in class. You should be in class. But it's like it's hard to say that in a non awkward, totally calm way, because I'm trying to not 
make them feel bad, but I also want them to know this is why you missed that piece of information, and an easy fix would be to come to class, you know? This has literally happened to me like a hundred times. <laughs> and it, it, and I've never handled it well. I would love to just have... A script, or I don't know. Yeah, just, you know, and but maybe maybe it is awkward. Like, maybe they should feel a little awkward. Uh, yeah. Like, if, you know, and I definitely... Maybe I have managed to say sometimes like, oh, did you get any notes? Because, yeah, this would have been in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, but like not that's like really passive aggressive. Sure. Actually, now that I'm saying it, it's not to the point. But just, yeah, like it is really frustrating. And it's not frustrating to repeat something. Well, I mean, maybe it is a bit, but it's not the same kind of frustrating if someone was in class right. and they just didn't understand it. That's like that's totally, totally reasonable. But yeah. Yeah, One thing it's... that I've done that I find somewhat successful with this is to send an email, a personal email. It, it, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is I mo- mostly this is in the scenario where student didn't come to class. I noticed they didn't come to class. I want to tell them they should come to class. And maybe it would work with something they said they were going to do and didn't do as well. But then in the email, you can take the time to structure the sentence the way you want it to be structured. And usually what I say is something like, Notice you weren't in class today. I assume it was a fluke. Um, but it's really important to be in class because we cover all this material and, um, you know, something or other about. Yeah. I hope you're able to come to all the rest of the classes or something. And usually they reply because it's an individual email. And um, so, I don't know. At least they got the message. Yeah. Because it is, it's hard to, because like... I had a situation come up with a research student where they just weren't writing this paper they said they mm. were going to write. And it was deeply frustrating because it wasn't a task I assigned to them. It was like, you guys can sign up to do this if you want. Ah. And they decided to do it. But then it was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm... And it was just like, oh, my God, Like I don't want you to be sorry. I just want you to either do it or not do right. it. But like, I just want to not be in this weird swirl of me checking up on, you know, it just was really frustrating. Yeah. But I couldn't. Sometimes, like, I just want to get out of them apologizing to me like I'm their mom. Right. And get into, yes, this is a professional thing that you said you were going to do and you didn't do it. Right. You know, or, yeah. Or, like, I had a student before who would always come to research meetings. Mm -hmm. Like, and these were only 30-minute research meetings because of scheduling. And they would come, like, 15 or 20 minutes late. Mm. And it's like, oh. And I wish I could be the person to just say, like, no you just can't come in right now like it's disruptive and it's pointless because you've missed the first half of everything yeah and maybe that's the kind of case where if it's repeated you Mm -hmm. have time to script something because you're like it's probably going to happen next week and if it doesn't it'll happen the week after so what am I going to say I mean you have to decide to to do it and sit down and make a script but it could be I don't know I could see myself writing a script for like the late student who's always late, if I at least had it all prepared, I could like yeah. maybe actually say it if, it, if I knew the line. <laughs> Do you know, this is why this podcast is actually awesome for me, because kind of what I'm thinking about now is like, what are my actual learning outcomes Good for question. the research group? Ooh. Do you know, and like having something like professional behavior. Yes. And sometimes professional behavior can be like a sneaky term. 
that can be anyway it can be problematic but i guess in this case i mean like you know skills that i genuinely think will be helpful to people in their further workplace and yeah being accountable sure i mean whatever um norms they're coming from and whether that is fine in in different settings or not in this professional setting of your research group you have certain expectations and if they're going to be in your research group they should you know do those um if you make it clear what they are yeah like because for me a big one is communication Uh uh-huh and hearing from people because a lot of people if they're not doing what they're supposed to do they just hide out right and that drives me bananas Mm -hmm. like if someone could just say this is a bad week for me i have not done what i said i was gonna do you know i've scheduled it on tuesday then yeah great Right, but when they just are like hiding out and kind of avoiding you, that's really deeply frustrating. So, yeah, maybe I need to have a bit more of a think about like what, because I don't think I, I genuinely know sometimes what my actual research group yeah. goals are, and I think yeah, having this sort yeah. of thing would that's be a really great beneficial. idea. And that's yeah. another that can be a motivation too. Sometimes I don't want to say these things to to you know tell a student that they should have done something differently oh, totally. but the the motivation is really for me they should learn this so that they can be professional in whatever thing they go off to next dude you know? we just came full circle do you remember at the beginning and you were talking about procrastinating on something because you don't oh, know why it's important yeah wow. look at it's us true all cohesive remember i think i know <laughs> we're on this journey the storytelling arc i like it it would be great if we'd planned it, but <laughs> well, <laughs> well, even maybe it's even better that it's organic. But yeah, well, cool. Thank you. I, that's blown my mind about leadership. Yeah, lots of good thoughts about leadership. I don't think explicitly about leadership very often, so this was great to really think about it. Me neither. And I really like whenever leadership comes up, I'm like, well, that's not. Me. That's not. You <laughs> know, that's not for me. And but you so, lead all the time. Yeah. I guess we do because yeah, yeah, in the classroom, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Great to talk about. And thanks again, Ralph, for setting this up, as always. Yes, thanks, Ralph. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener, and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know, if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.